You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and you know what that means. It's riled up on the Cowboys. Time for your favorite podcast under the blog and the boys SB nation network. And of course I got my co-host Tom Ryle along with myself, Roy white. And we are very excited, right? I mean, how can you not be Cowboys nation? The news sprung on us, not three days ago, quite out of the blue. If you ask me, Tom, uh, that the Dallas Cowboys, and I got to give them credit because I had said on this program that I fully believed that they would drag this thing out until the last possible moment, but credit to the Cowboys front office. They finally get the deal done. They get their man and they do it just in time to get their money right for free agency hitting four days from now. So we'll start with your initial reaction to the signing. Do you remember where you were when you heard Dak Prescott, Got uh, one of the largest deals a quarterback had ever received in terms of guaranteed money. Well, the way I was uh, going in to check what was happening on our Slack channel to see if there was any news, and RJ Ochoa had a real big "I'm on the deck" story. You know, I'm like, since it was all caps, I immediately went over to Twitter and immediately found the uh, uh, the Rappaport and uh, uh, somebody else had it up. Schefter, yeah, Schefter. They both had it up, which, you know, when, they, when they're both on something, it's pretty much, you know, they've gotten it from official sources. And, you know, it all played out. And, of course, then today it all became official when they had the big press conference. The first press conference for the Dallas Cowboys in a year since uh, COVID started, which I think is something worth noted. And it's, yeah, you could tell, you could tell real quick from the way Jerry was so invested in keeping the crowd entertained. Um, He must've thrown out a half a dozen Jerry isms. Usually we'll get, we'll get two or three, right. But I think he was pushing the limit on about six or seven of them. Yeah. Uh, There was some circumcising of insects going on, I believe. (laughs) But yeah, and Dak was just, uh, I mean, he was showing the intangibles of why they signed him. You know, he was, he was in command. His personality was just shining forth. Uh, he even kind of took a question or two away from Jerry and wouldn't let him go back to it. Well, quite honestly, it's what Dak has always shown, uh, to, to a lot of us. And you can, we can have a strong debate, right. About what he brings to the table on the football field. Right. Um, you, you could have a debate potentially about footwork or mechanics or, you know, even uh, ability, if you want to have that conversation and we would have it, but when it comes to intangibles, when it comes to work ethic, when it comes to being the type of guy that you want at the front of your organization, right? Leading the troops. 
you could not find a better example, right? You could not have crafted one in a lab better than what Dak Prescott has shown in the time that he's been the Dallas Cowboys quarterback from the day he took over the job. Yeah, and there was a a story floating around Twitter. I don't remember who had it up, but apparently Jerry asked Roger Staubach, you know, what kind of a quarterback do I want? Do I want a pocket passer? Do I want a guy that can run around and stuff? And Staubach said, you want a leader on the field. You find that, and the rest of it will find a way to take care of itself. And uh, are words to that effect, which they've got, you know, if you want a guy that can elevate the team, I maintain that there is no quarterback in the NFL that is better than Dak at that. He is, he has that locker room and he's his, his spirit is infectious. He's shown he can overcome a tremendous hardship with the injury last year. And uh, now it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, uh, you know, Knock on wood. If he stays healthy, Kellen Moore saw, I think, got started getting that open a little bit, what he could do uh, with those first few games last season. And the weapons are there. Uh, And as I think we'll get into later, they've given an interesting kind of sideways uh, vote of confidence to their offensive linemen. And, uh, so we're, I think, going to see this this go well. But it was it was such a crucial thing for the Cowboys because, first off, they they knocked that cap hit down for the first year by fifteen and a half million. Uh, it's so it is came in at like twenty two point five or twenty two point two million. Twenty two point two million. Twenty two point five is what I I read it to be, and I got to give credit to um, one Todd Archer who I believe was the first media personality out there, and he did it back in like the second week of February, who began suggesting that the Cowboys might try to use this mechanism of adding, you know, dummy, voidable years to the end of the contract to stretch out some of that owed money and limit his early cap numbers in the early going of the contract. And sure enough, that's exactly what they did. Uh, of course, if you want to get into the real specifics of it, the nitty gritty, I highly recommend you go check out bloggingtheboys.com. Of course, we got the co- contract breakdown from every angle on there, and uh, yeah. you can dive into that 100%. I highly encourage you to do so, so. But Tom and I, you know, we just want to focus on how this affects the Cowboys for the 2021 season. Yeah. And as you mentioned, not only did the restructuring of the deal or the, the signing of the deal and the structure of it, allow them to give him a cap hit for this season of $22.5 million. But with the news that the salary cap in 2021 will actually be $182.5 million, the Cowboys, with this deal, finally find themselves underneath the cap. And, uh, you know, it's just a bit, less than a million dollars, but that suddenly, you know, makes it real simple. Now all they're doing is looking for space, for free agency. And of course they've got to reserve something like $8 million to sign the rookies uh, when they draft, uh, you know, because they're still going to be under the top 51 rule. So like, I'm not even sure the 70, seventh, sixth and seventh rounders even impact that because they fall under the top 51, but they just need to be able to lock to take care of those, those, you know, higher, uh, better paid 
draft selections. And it didn't take them very long to go about fixing that. It was almost like, okay, they had got the DAC deal done, and then they already had the next few things on the script laid out to go. Because uh, today we found out that they've already restructured uh, the contracts of Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Lael Collins, which is interesting in a variety of ways. First off, that seems to be a vote of confidence in the health of all three of them, who, of course, were on IR at the end of last year. And that means they think that they're going to line up to protect Dak and get this offense really cooking because, you know, that gives them pass protection. It opens up holes for Ezekiel Elliott. And now they have $17 million in cap space to play around from them, which is interesting because they left about $5 million on the table that I guess they could go back and get if they need to. But it says to me they've got some ideas of what they think they'll need. Uh, and they've still got a couple of big restructures they can pull out in uh, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper if they want to. But you know, maybe they're going to wait and see if they need that or not. I, I don't, you know, a lot of things going on. Uh, and they also cut uh, Jameez Olawale, who frees up another million, $2 million in that area. Uh, and I mustn't forget the big one. They signed Wondell Carter, who, for those who don't know, is an edge rusher that was with the Cowboys, got signed by somebody else, I think, off the practice squad and the Cowboys have brought him back in anyway they had an exclusive rights free agent uh on him and they've got him signed now so the roster for going into camp is already starting to shape up well you touched on a couple of things there uh first and foremost the the restructuring of the three offensive linemen right now there was a lot of talk this offseason potentially that they might part ways with tyron smith either by potentially releasing him or by encouraging him into retirement, uh, a restructuring of his contract suggests to me that that is not the prevailing thought inside the Cowboys uh, organization. Another thought in, in, similar to that was in regarding Leo Collins and what they might do with him and his cab number. Well, a restructure there suggests that they think he's around long-term. Um, as I look at, you know, specifically the, the cutting of Jameez Owali, I don't think Cowboys fans are going to miss him. Uh, I nope. believe he sat out the 2020 season, yes. right, as an op option yeah. for COVID. Understandably so, but in truth, Cowboys fans are only going to remember him for one thing, and that is the dropped touchdown pass back in 2018 where he had a walk-in touchdown on a wide-open play on a ball that Dak hit him in the breadbasket. And he dropped it. And that was pretty much the first and last time any Cowboys fan really wanted to say or, you know, think about Jameez Owali. So I don't yeah. think that one is one that we will be concerned about. You also mentioned Kellen Moore and, and whether or not he could get this offense cooking behind this offensive line, a healthy one, ideally. It's worth noting that since 2019, when Kellen took over, Dak Prescott actually leads all NFL quarterbacks in yards per game. So yes. whether you think that is a result of garbage time, as some fans have suggested, or whether you think that's a result of the fact that, hey, he's found the formula, well, I'm more inclined to lean towards the latter, yep. especially when I think about the fact that 
in one of those two seasons, he did not have CeeDee Lamb as one of his primary weapons. And we all believe that in year two, CeeDee Lamb is probably likely to take another giant leap forward. Yeah. So that is all extremely encouraging from yep. the Cowboys' offensive side of things. Now, if Rondell Carter is what I'm supposed to get excited about for now on the defensive side of things, color me skeptical, Tom, even yes. still. Uh, I would like to see them use some of that considerable free agency money that they've just freed up on potentially addressing their defense. And there could be some options there. Um, oh. As free agency gets a little bit closer a couple of days from now, we'll get into some of those options and who we might like yeah. to see. Hell, I might let you throw a couple of names out here to end the podcast. Um, I got one in particular that I think could make his way back to the state of Texas after he was let go this week. So I'll save that name for you. But Otherwise, um, it all, in one week's time, it all seems to have come together beautifully for the Cowboys. And again, it speaks to uh, the fact that even though the Cowboys organization, and I did say this on the podcast a week ago, they would have to concede on every single front if they wanted to get the deal done with Dak. I kind of believe they did that. Right. The they certainly gave the Cowboys, a lot. Right. The win that the Cowboys get is that they sign their guy and yeah. don't have to worry about it. And I could yeah. make the argument that, hey, what they did was they signed the best available free agent this offseason. And I think by everybody's him, standard. Right? And I think they signed him at probably an under market value deal based yeah, on I, what he would have gotten in free agency had he ever hit it. I think he would have, if he'd been on the open market free agency, the bidding would have pushed it up a good bit past $40 million a year. He might have eclipsed uh, Patrick Mahomes outright for per year on the contract. But it, you know, it really brings home that there's people make a big deal about signing your, your quarterback or not, how much, and all that stuff. There's a very simple algorithm for this that I've got. Uh, if, if, if my article's up by the time this podcast goes live, you can check it out there. But this is basically how it goes. Does the, there's one question. Does the ownership, management, and coaching staff believe that this is the quarterback they need and want to win? If the answer is no, move on. Pass on him. Don't do anything. Uh, don't even worry about lowballing it. But if the answer is yes, pay him. That's it. Boom. And that's really where it came down to with the Cowboys. They came up with this unprecedented guarantee, the biggest signing bonus ever. I mean, he gets $75 million right now, if I understand correctly how it goes. So – Great, or maybe it's the sixty-six million he gets right now. Sixty-six was what I had understood it to yeah, be. Yeah, I guess but again, that's the bonus. specifics on bloggingtheboys.com. Go, go. For yeah, it. but you know, it's still, <laughs> I mean, a staggering amount of money for most of us mere mortals. Uh, so yeah, this is this is big, and now the drama is over. I thought this might happen like on the 16th, the day before the deadline for the start of the new league year and all that same, stuff. Same, same, 100%. I really expect, I yeah. expect it to drag out for another week. And all word is that 
Jerry intervened to make this come together, which actually I never thought I, I used to think I'd never say this, but now I'm a little concerned about the day that Jerry isn't around to occasionally go go in and kick his son in the butt and tell him to get something done because it's the right thing to do. Uh, or at least what Jerry sees is the right thing to do because I'm not too sure how long Steven would have, would have played around with this, trying to get that little win and that ego thing, which I hope he grows out of because the, the drama was unnecessary because, and look how good we feel. <laughs> look how, how, how joyful uh, much of Cowboys uh, social media was. Now, there are those who hate Dak and who can't stand him. Uh, who don't think he's worth thirty million, much less forty million a year? But most of us knew they had to do this, and there's a lot of other cap ramifications uh, because I said that an unpublished article as we're recording this that should be up sometime I think around noon Central Time. Uh, there's a guy that went in and looked at this whole thing about you can you can't pay too much of a, a too high a percent of your salary cap to your quarterback because it keeps you from building the roster. Well, he went and looked and just to sum it up real quickly, he figured out that for all the teams that pay over 20 million a year for their quarterback, which is over half the league right now are about in the same boat. And in comparing the Cowboys against either of those teams, their shortfall in cap space is only between about four to eight million dollars with any of those teams. Would I give up eight million dollars to use in free agency to lock up my franchise quarterback? Uh-huh. I sure would. So this just all the way around is really big stuff. Uh and it's just it remember the long drawn out agony we went through all of last year saying, why aren't they getting a deal done? Just think how nice it is to have the next few months to look forward to without having to worry about that. Oh, it was amazing. In fact, I saw um, RJ uh, running the blog and the boys um, Twitter feed retweet a story from the Baltimore Ravens SB nation account. Which basically was, yes. what does the Dak Prescott deal mean for the future of Lamar Jackson? And it made me laugh out loud because I thought to myself, wow, it feels 10 times better to be on the outside of that situation looking in than to be in the eye of the hurricane as we were for the last two and a half years and to have to constantly discuss what the ramifications would be. Whereas now, we have the brass tacks and we can all move forward with ideas on how to potentially improve this roster. So that's where I think you and I can take it next. Yep. Um, as we will discuss things on the other side of the break, of course, this is riled up on the Cowboys with Tom Ryle and Roy white back after this, where we will discuss what the Cowboys can do from here to improve their chances in 2021. And we're back, riled up with Tom Ryle and Roy White here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, powered by SB Nation, of course. 
Just got done celebrating the Dak Prescott news, as I'm sure we will continue to celebrate here on all the podcasts on the entire network all week long because it is celebratory news, right? It's fantastic news. But what yes. comes next, right? Oh, before, before, wait, before you do that, I just want to get, we need to get a little side bet down. Everybody's talking about, oh my gosh, they paid Dak so much. So will the next quarterback contract exceed Dak's annual per year before the 2021 season starts or after it ends? <laughs> I, that's a good question because I thought you were going to stop with will it exceed Dak's contract? And of course, the answer is, I think, yes. Somebody, I'll just say it's going to happen. It's just, will it happen this offseason or next offseason? Because I, I think it will happen next. The, and the reason being is because in Dak's case, it was do or die, right? It was get the deal done or sit on another franchise tag for a year, possibly piss off your main quarterback, your main man, right? And then have to play the game where, look, you can't franchise tag me again. So I am yeah. going to just wait until we get to free agency and then we'll see what your bidding looks like. So Dak had all the leverage in that regard. There's not another quarterback deal out there that I can think of off the top of my head, right? Even with Lamar Jackson on the horizon, even with Kyler Murray potentially on the horizon as well. Um, yeah, those deals are going to get done, but if – the agents of those two gentlemen have any brains at all, they will let them ride through 2021 when the new contracts and new TV deals kick in next season and figure out what the cap number is going to be. Because if one team can and pay I'll, $40 million on a $182 million cap, then what might a team pay on a $200 million cap? And I'll, I'm going to just – just because I'm cantankerous – I'm going to don't take do this. Other... Don't do this for fake show, Tom. You better no. stick to it. You really believe this? I actually think that one of those two teams is going to come in and want to get the deal locked up just because they have a different mindset than the Cowboys do and possibly because they may be dealing with different agents. And they're going to go in and slide something in just a smidgen more than Dax getting per year just to get the deal done and get their guy locked up. I just think it's going to happen. I don't have any uh, research. I don't have any contacts or anything that I can reach out to to find out that. I just have a sneaking hunch. So let's just keep it in mind. And it's, it's, you know, we don't have anything writing on it. I just thought that was worth mentioning. This All this thing about how Dax, the trendsetter, the record breaker and all that, it ain't going to last. It will be over. Yeah. Especially if one of those guys is willing to take smaller guaranteed money in exchange for a little bit bigger annual per year, then I could really see it happening. Well, I mean, I tell you, if the organizations around the NFL have watched this Dak Prescott saga closely over the last two and a half years, as you and I have, as many of us here in the DFW media, Dallas Fort Worth media have, then they would at least pitch the idea to the likes of Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson to maybe try to get them locked up a little bit earlier and locked up at a better deal than what it may be in the future. Because as yeah. we know, right, two years ago, just two years ago, Dak Prescott probably could have been had for just a smidge over $30 million. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And now yeah, I... <laughs> here we are. 40 is not only – I mean, 
I don't even think there's a whole lot of people debating it anymore. I know there are some that are always going to be against Dak and feel like whatever he's getting paid is too much. But I have heard many, an individual who was against paying Dak $30 million two or three years ago that is now fully on board with paying him 40. Yeah. And I was, I was one of the guys that was fighting with people telling them it's going to be higher than you think for a long time. So yeah, I would just kind of gratify it. So, uh, so what do you want to get into next? You want to peek ahead at free agency or you want to talk about the fact that the comp picks were awarded today? Well, I think we start there with the comp picks, right? Because we are still a little bit of a news organization here yep. blogging the boys. We want to keep you informed as well as entertained. And the information part of it is this, right? The Cowboys were awarded, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, four compensatory draft picks this offseason, thanks to the maneuvering of, well, not the maneuvering, the losing of free agents a year, a year ago. That yeah. was the highest number of comp picks that any team was awarded for this upcoming draft. And of course, for those that don't know, those are picks that can now be traded. Previously yes. in the NFL, uh, you could not use those picks uh, in any type of maneuverability. But now, at a time when the NFL draft could be as volatile as it's ever been based on the fact that we have less and less film, right? Less and less uh, information regarding some of the prospects available. Those are weapons that the Cowboys could certainly wield to their advantage here yeah. when the draft rolls around a month and a half from now. Yeah. And these were good comp picks too. This wasn't a whole bunch of six and seventh rounders. They picked up one in the at the end of the third round, the end of the fourth round, the end of the fifth round, and the end of the sixth round. And those third and fourth rounders, that could be some good stuff. Uh, you know, so now they've got 10 overall picks. Uh, it gives them, you know, four picks in the top 100, uh, six picks in the top 150 players. There's some good talent out there. Uh, if you're doing your scouting right, uh, you can get some good players at any of those, uh, you know, top six picks. Uh, Cowboys can do well. They can get themselves. They can get three or four stars out of this, I think, without having to having it be much of a stretch at all. Uh, that could that's really useful coming in because. I think they were looking at this all along to why they're going to they're, they're going to do some stuff in free agency. This might let them be a little bit I don't want to say less aggressive because the Cowboys haven't been aggressive in free agency for a decade or more. But there might be less urgency to plug quite so many bodies in. They might be willing to take a risk, roll in because there's a there's a thing with free agency that ties into this. There's a ton of them out there. With all with the lowered cap hit, there are teams that are going to be releasing players. We're seeing names popping up every yeah. day of this guy was released, this guy was released, this guy was released. And while there's a handful of teams that have a ton of cap money that can go out and just load up on these people, there's a lot of teams that are like Dallas where they're you know, they have a uh, cap space if they need it, but they have to do a lot of things to just make that happen. And I will give credit to the Cowboys. They're, 
good at setting things up and doing the cap manipulation with uh, contract restructures and stuff. Uh, I think that's one area that they do quite well in. As a matter of fact, uh, one note is that they've got it fixed so that Dak Prescott's the second year of his current contract, they flip a switch on that. It can come in at 18 million in cap. I mean, go down in the second year of a 160 million year contract. <laughs> then, of course, they're betting on the cap going up as they're expecting it to. But right now, I think that's a good bet to make because, as Jerry Jones said in the presser today, they plan to fill AT&T Stadium back up. They plan to get all that concession revenue and parking revenue and all that other part of the the the, the revenue flow coming in, which some of which does affect the cap. So I think there's a lot of optimism that the cap's going to start heading back up and heading up rapidly. And uh, to use a phrase I, I had in another in one of the articles, the Cowboys are kicking the can down the road, but with the history we've got on the salary cap, down the road is where you actually want that cap, that can to wind up. So I think that this is, you know, this is coming. I, I, I'm interested in seeing how they go in free agency. I, this is a year where a little of that Dallas bargain shopping might go a lot better than we think it has. Yeah, the, the patience that they've shown. And, I, you know, when you want to give them credit, you call it patience. When you want to take away from their strategy, you call it stubbornness. Uh, when it comes to, you know, yeah, cheapness, whatever you want to call it. Um, but in this case, I do think we would probably refer to it, refer to it as patience because they're going to be players that are still hanging out around there that haven't gotten the bigger deals that may be handed out at the beginning of free agency, right? When the feeding frenzy begins and then it becomes a game of musical chairs. They're just looking for an opportunity, right? to give yeah. themselves a chance to make a name for themselves and maybe cash in on a bigger deal the following year. Um, I do want to ask you though, because you did mention kind of in regards, and I know we're backtracking a little bit, but we were on the That's comp right. picks. You said amongst the six picks, you think they could find three or four starters there. And I'm out not of, out of the top six picks. Sure. Yes. And I'm not, that. I'm not disputing that statement. Right. What I did want to ask you though, branching off from that is, what positions do you think are potentially up for grabs when it comes to starter roles on this football team? Because when I think about the offense, quite honestly, I think all the starters are set offensively. Yes. On the defensive side of the ball, I've got my two ends, Gregory and Lawrence. Yeah. I think – I think I've got an interior guy in Gallimore that I might give that opportunity for to first shake, right? But but perhaps Don't, the other interior spot may be still up for grabs. What do you think there? It's possible that the starting job may go to Tristan Hill. We forget that he came out and was doing very well. He had a great camp and was coming on pretty well in the season, and then he got injured and kind of disappeared off the radar as a result. Uh but they're both three techs. So if they find someone who's a good one tech or even just uh, another three tech that's really, really good at penetrating up the middle, I think that could be where you go look for one of the starters you want to get out of the draft. Mm -hmm. 
In addition to that, right, moving around the defense, obviously, you know, Trayvon Diggs occupying one cornerback spot as a starter. You know, the other one's up for grabs, I would agree. And then also in a base nickel defense in today's NFL, right, there's two linebackers, there's five DNs. So in that – sorry, there's five defensive backs. So in that case, you know, probably another cornerback spot, uh, slot cornerback spot available for grabs. And then is safety up for grabs or has Donovan Wilson done enough to kind of earn that first shake at it out of camp? Oh. Wait a minute. There's two starting safeties. No, I understand so, that for sure. And you definitely need the NFL is transitioning back to kind of the too high uh, safety situation. I think well, we're going to see a lot more of that this season. And the feeling is that Donovan Wilson is is a better box safety playing down close to the line. So if they yep. can get him a really good free safety, uh, that could be another starter. So that could be four starters that they would be hoping to find in the draft and i'll give you a sneaky fifth one they may be looking to find them a really good linebacker to come in and maybe bump one of the two starters out i mean i I understand it i understand it and yes i would like to see some competition in those spots but i don't want to see them even go after the position in the first two rounds Um, i i would not be I wouldn't be thrilled about the second round, but I wouldn't be crushed. But any time after the second round, yeah, to, to me at that point, nearly every position comes into play. Mm-hmm. So if you get to the third round, that's that's where that compensatory third round pick could be really useful. Yeah. So that, I think we would agree then. Uh, the one technique spot, right? Yeah. Potentially two cornerback spots. Yep. And a safety position, in addition to maybe a linebacker rolling in there. The the one you know hesitation I would have on all that stuff is, God, it would make me nervous starting four rookies on a defense, even on a defense that is coming off as bad of a season as they came off of. Well, that and that's where the whole free agency thing is so intertwined with the draft at this point of the year. So I think they really probably have to address two of those spots in free agency if they yeah, want to feel would, good about them. I think that if they, I think if they got one corner, they could come in and either you know play opposite digs or <laughs> just be a good slot corner that they knew they could rely on. Which, uh, you know, if they could get that, if they could get a free safety type and somebody that could play that that one tech type role for them. If they had those in free agency, then I think they would be set to go in and get players that can help them, but get, you know, lean more towards, okay, let's go with this guy. Cause he's just a good, a better player overall when they're making the decision. I just, <clears throat> I think they need to make three crucial free agent signings and then maybe two or three more. And, then there is a weird little uh, fallback position they have here because we're talking about the fact that there's going to be a plethora of free agents out there. The demand is probably going to be down because of the salary cap and people having to make all these moves to just free space, free uh, space up. They may even be willing to take a risk on saying, okay, we didn't get who we wanted for position X in the draft 
but we're willing to wait and see what's still out there after the draft because I think the people that are still hanging around that late are going to be much better than we're used to seeing in the past. <clears throat> I'm not saying that's what they'll do. I'm saying it may be a more viable option for them than it has been in a long time. No question about it. Well, that'll be interesting to see how they approach it, right? We will be on it. Tom, one of the <laughs> best in the business, in my opinion, uh, at breaking down the triggers that are available for the Cowboys. I think you, as much as anybody in in, in uh, the group that follows the Cowboys, Tom, I am not saying this hyperbolically. I think you do a good a job as anybody as a, of explaining and breaking down those cap options and how they can free up some of that space. So I, I didn't prep you for this one, so I'll give you a little bit of a chance to think about it. But essentially, by the time we record this podcast next week, the Cowboys will have had an opportunity to make a move in free agency for about 24 hours. Do you see the Cowboys getting involved? in free agency on day one, right? When it opens next Wednesday. And if you do, who might you potentially either see them signing or want them to sign in that time frame? I think it's a small chance, like about 10 to 20% chance that they will do something that soon. But if they do, I keep going back to the uh, Dan Quinn, Richard Sherman connection. That would be, I'm not too sure that that's necessarily the one I'd want, although I certainly would not be unhappy about it. But if there's one move they could make early in free agency, assuming he's not just getting bid way up by other teams, which I don't think at his age that he would be, but that's one that I could conceivably going on the first day or two of free agency. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're definitely going to want to wait. We may see a situation where things are very slow early on in free agency because everybody's kind of waiting to see what happens. Mm, well, we'll have to, I, I, that may be debatable, Tom, because remember the other part about free agency in the NFL now is there is that two-day tampering window that's available yeah. prior to free agency beginning. And at least in most recent years, we've actually seen a lot of deals get done prior to free agency, at least agreed yeah. upon in principle, right? And then ultimately, like the DAC deal was this week, right, not made official until he actually had the press conference. But yeah. it would be interesting to see whether or not the Cowboys get involved in that or not because – we all know if you're getting involved in free agency on the first day or two, it usually comes with a pretty hefty price tag. Yep. And so we will, uh, we will see if the Cowboys get involved on that front, but at least we know they gave the bag to their quarterback. We all have our man, not for just 2021, but we have our man for the next four years. And I think Cowboys country Cowboys nation can rest easy knowing that Dak Prescott is locked up in that regard. <sighs> oh, feels so good to take that breath, Tom. So uh, for Tom, for me, Roy White, thank you so much for listening to the Blogging the Boys podcast. Riled up every Thursday. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and check out all the great programming we have available on SB Nation and, of course, the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Tom, anything you want to leave the people with? It sure is a good day to have your franchise quarterback signed. Hey, 
every day is a great day when your franchise man is finally locked up and we can focus on what the Cowboys will be focusing on over the next week. For Tom, I'm Roy. This is Riled Up on the Cowboys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>